In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Good morning to you. I have to find my my helpers here <laughs> to give a sermon. I have two helpers today. Um, one, um, St. Gregory of Palamas, and uh, I'd like to read uh, a quote from him. I haven't been here on a Sunday in a while I, I, and given the sermon. I think the last time was uh, in July, and the sermon was on the Gerizine demoniac. <laughs> you know, we get, we get this lesson twice a year, and as it turns out, I get this lesson twice a year, which is uh, very difficult. Uh, you don't want to necessarily put a different twist on it. Um, I suppose the church in her wisdom thinks we need to hear this twice during the... Uh, liturgical year, one from the Gospel of St. Matthew and uh, this one from uh, the Gospel of Luke. And uh, the sermon, I have to uh, remind myself that the sermon is supposed to be uh, for washing, to wash uh, with the water of the Word to prepare us to receive the Holy Communion. And that the washing, you know, it can be a wonderful thing, you know, a nice warm shower, you know, a long soaker bath. But we can probably all think back to our childhood when our our mom scrubbed us behind the ears and the washing wasn't so comfortable. But, um, you know, I, I, I think of my dog when he's about to take a bath. And we chase him all over the house because he knows what is about to happen to him. And uh, he hates it and goes and cowers in the corner. And we have to pick him up and put him, you know, in the tub. And when he gets out, he shakes off and he prances and he's happy and he's confident. And look at me and ain't it great? Ain't life great? So, you know, he hates the bath before he gets in and loves it after it's uh, accomplished. St. Gregory says, as most people are unable to comprehend the devil's maniacal fury against us from his attacks on our souls and the assistance he lends us when we sin, God permits that there should be some people physically under the control of demons that we all might learn from them how terrible is this affliction on the soul which attends to make itself the devil's dwelling through evil deeds. And so we may not always realize how much havoc the devil and his angels are wreaking on our own souls and in order to give us a lesson of how bad it is and we don't realize it, Jesus shows us someone 
who is being racked physically by the demons and says, look at this, this is what's happening to you on the inside. Now, do you believe that? <laughs> um, maybe it's hard to believe. Um, maybe it's not so hard to believe. I've been thinking about this for the past couple of days and seeing if, um, if I might find some correlation here to the soul, to the human soul, in these three outward conditions of the man. First, it said that he had had devils for a long time. And secondly, it says that he wore no clothes, that he was naked. And third, that he didn't abide in any house, but that he abode in the tombs. And so, here are, are some thoughts that, that came to me in working on this. Had devils for a long time. I think one of the first difficulties we have in dealing with the attacks of the devil is we think that we're, playing with an, we're dealing with an enemy who plays fair. The devil doesn't play fair. And the devil sows mean and evil habits into our souls from our youth. From our youth. And I don't even mean from our teenage years. I mean from our childhood. To such an extent that, well, I'll talk about myself. I've got so many mean and evil habits that I've had all of my life. I think it's normal. I can't, re I can't remember when I wasn't this way. But there was a time when I wasn't this way. But the devil sows them early into our members. When we're innocent, when we're ignorant, when we don't have the tools and the means to fight against it. And there it goes, it's sowed into, into our, our bodily members and makes its way into our soul. And so how many of us know that we have mean and evil habits that have been sown into our members from our childhood. We've had it for a long time. We've had it for a long time. So he had these devils outwardly for a long time. I've had the influence of demons on me for a long time. And this, this, effect, this affects our will. I believe these three things that I'm going to go through might correspond to the three powers of the soul, the will and the mind and the heart. You know, and we have, when we have these mean and evil habits, these patterns, passions that have been sown into us from our childhood from a long time it affects our our will it's just 
I don't, I don't think about doing this. I just, I, it just happens. It just comes out. You remember it's St. Paul. I mean, even the greatest of saints struggled with this. What I find myself wanting to do, I don't do. And what I find myself not wanting to do, I find myself doing it. So, sins both voluntary and involuntary. Involuntary passions. It kills our will. It renders our will, our will useless. I want my will to be strong. I want to, I want to be able to make the right decision and do the right thing. And I find myself not doing that. I think maybe I'm trapped as this man is. And I think maybe that is the lesson that Jesus wants to give us. And he wore no clothes. Wore no clothes. He was naked. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were naked. It says they were naked and they were not ashamed. And then they disobeyed God. And then they were naked and they were ashamed. They were naked and they were ashamed. And they need to go make some clothes. They didn't know they were... When, when it says they were naked and they were not ashamed, it's because they didn't know they were naked. But as soon as they knew they were naked, because of their disobedience, they became ashamed. So disobedience to God produces nakedness. You know, it, it's, I know this is kind of crude, but I'm just going to make a point, you know. Nakedness, it's like this. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm caught, I'm found out. I am caught, I am found out. And so think for, think for a minute. Again, I'm... I include myself as the first of everybody in, in what I'm about to say. How, how many sins do we conduct in secret? In the secret. Yeah, I'll eat the tree and God won't see. <laughs> I'll eat from the tree and God won't see. But God does see. And God does see everything. And then we're found out and we realize we're naked and we want to be clothed. Our, our secrets are exposed. The disobedience. The disobedience. You know what I think? Sin, secret sins do to us more than anything else. And I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks since a conversation I had with Father Nicholas and Father John Braun. It robs us of peace. It robs us of our peace. Our secrets. If I'm doing a secret, if I'm doing something in secret, what am I doing? You know, I'm looking around. Is anybody watching? Is anybody going to find out? You know, I'm going to do this, but I don't want anybody to find out. I don't want anybody to see. 
and, and this is my soul. This is my soul. I'm robbed of peace when I conduct wrong things in secret. Robbed of peace. What kind of peace? God's peace. God's peace. God's peace is felt right down in here. Right down in here. It's not felt here. It's not felt here. You know, I can have I can have peace having my cup of coffee in the morning with my wife watching the sun come up. That's peace. That's not God's peace. <laughs> we want we want God's peace. We want this peace. And our secret sins which produce nakedness before God rob us of this. And he abode not in any house, but in the tombs. The heart. Where does the heart abide? Where does the heart rest? I like to think, if we're going to talk about a house and a tomb, if we're going to use that analogy, this is God's house. This is God's house. In my heart, needs to abide here. And if it doesn't abide here, it's going to abide in the tombs. It's going to abide in the death of this world, in the things of this world. It's going to abide in one of the two places. And it doesn't mean I have to be here physically in this place 24-7, but my heart, can be anywhere it wants to be. Can it not? Can my heart be several hundred miles away with my newborn grandchildren? <laughs> Where's, where is my heart? My heart can be anywhere. My heart can be here. And when I stand in front of my altar at home, I am here because what is this place? This is the house of God, the kingdom of God, not of this world. And it's everywhere and in all places and fills all things. And so my heart can dwell in the house or it can dwell in the tombs. My mind can figure out how to do things in secret and not get caught. Actually, it just thinks it can. And it's robbed of peace in the process. And my will, I believe this, with all my heart, I believe that my will can be healed of these mean and evil habits. Who can heal my will? Who can cleanse my mind? Who can strengthen my heart? Jesus comes to, to cast out the demons. Jesus can do it. Jesus Christ 
He has the power over all of this. And He loves us. And wants to strengthen and heal our souls in the aspect of our souls. And so we come. We come to the holy chalice. Ask Jesus to cleanse our souls. To cleanse our heart and our mind and will and strengthen it. That it might be a glory to God. And we'll go tell everybody about it. In the town. What Jesus did for me. If we had seen this man, we would have said, God help this man. And God did help this man. Today, Jesus asked us to see ourselves and to ask Him to help us. Will you do that? And will you come to the Holy Chalice today asking for forgiveness of sins and eternal life? May it be. Amen.